Can you? Oh, there I am. Okay. Thank you, Leonard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happens. <laughs> okay. Elaine was kind of starting out with, without me, so let's sing Victory in Jesus. <laughs> I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sins And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me With his redeeming blood Loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me. song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is Oh, we better, yeah, I just remembered. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> uh, dear Heavenly Father, we uh, come before your throne of grace again, Lord, and again we, we just are continually thanking and praising you for everything that you do for us, your grace and your mercy and uh, your 
you're providing salvation for us through your son. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would be with us this evening and continue to be with us this evening and um, uh, help us to focus on you and learn more from your word. And uh, just bless uh, uh, Pastor Jasper as he brings the word to us. In name we pray. Amen. Good evening, everyone. If you have your Bible with you, please open the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And we're going to study verse uh, 13. Matthew 5, 13. And allow me to read uh, verses number 1 and 2 just to give us a, a little bit of context, uh, what's going on in this passage, in order for us to understand uh, verse number 13. Matthew 5, verse uh, 1 and 2, and I'll read also verse number thirteen. The word of God says, When Jesus saw the crowds, and he went up on the hill and sat down, his followers came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, verse number 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful night where we could come to you and know you more and know your word. Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, dear God. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to speak to us personally. And we ask, Lord, for forgiveness of all the righteousness that we have done before you. That's what your word says, that if we hide iniquity in our hearts, you will not hear us, dear God. And we kind of come before you and glorify you, Lord. And all this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I titled this message, The True Followers of Jesus Christ. You know what? In the book of Matthew 5, uh, I read from verses 1 and 2. It says there, Jesus saw the crowds, or another version of the word multitudes. Back in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, a lot of people professing that they love God, that they're following God. They follow the Lord Jesus Christ wherever, they, wherever he goes, together with the disciples. And even there's a story that feeding the 5,000, right? Not including women and children. Just imagine how that would double the number, right? And also nowadays, a lot of people professing that, you know, that they believe in God, they are Christ followers, that they, that they love God. But back in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, like, for example, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were the religious leaders. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 15, verse 8, Jesus told them, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And you know what? Nowadays, a lot of people do the same thing. They go to church every Sunday as part of the routine every week, you know. They honor God with their lips, but their heart is far from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in this passage, it will tell us what is the true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says there, you are the salt of the earth. And we're going to study tonight why the Lord Jesus Christ compares true followers as the salt of the earth. And I believe this is not just a random, you know, object that the Lord Jesus Christ saw. But this is something that everybody back in their time, everybody used it. And this would remind them every day that as a believer, as a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are the salt of the earth. And we're going to look at tonight 
As we study this passage, it will help us to examine ourselves, evaluate ourselves. Are we truly true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we really the soul of the earth as we live our Christian life? Number one, it says here, the verse says, you are the salt. Number one, the reason why is the disciples' character is like salt. It says there, you are the salt. The believers are called in design or made to be the salt of the earth. And there are several things. Number one, salt is distinctive, meaning recognizably different in nature. You know what? Salt is different from the food or the main ingredients of the food. I, I, I'm not a kind of person who loves cooking, but I love to eat. But <laughs> the power of salt lies in this difference. You know what? Believers just as salt are to be different from the world, right? As Pastor Lynn read, uh, read the book of Romans 12, 2, it says, There be not conformed to this world, it says there. The power of our lives and our testimony lies in our being different and distinctive. We are to be unspotted from the world. When you say unspotted, meaning free from moral stain as Christians. And the word conformed, I just want to highlight that word. It means to shape or to bring into harmony. You know what? Meaning, do not let this world or do not let Satan shape you or bring you into harmony with sin. As a youth pastor to all parents, grandparents, if you're not going to bring your kids to the church or grandkids to the church and allow the word of God to shape them, the sinful world, Satan with his allied, will shape them, right? And I believe no, no parents desiring that their kids are going to be shaped by the, you know, by the sinful world or by Satan himself, right? And the Bible would remind us that do not let this world shape you or bring you into harmony with sin. That's why as believers, as true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to live a life not being conformed to this world. And it says there, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. A renewed mind is one saturated with and controlled by the word of God. Meaning submitting ourselves to the Bible is submitting ourselves to God. Because the Bible is the word of God. And a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they desire to submit themselves to God, but they don't want to submit themselves to the Bible or to what the Bible says. This is, sounds strange, right? And a lot of believers do that. They desire to submit themselves to God, but they don't want to follow what the Bible says. Submitting ourselves to the Bible, to the Word of God, means submitting ourselves to God. Not only salt is distinctive, but also salt preserves. It keeping things going bad and decaying. It cleanses and disinfects. Meaning believers, just as a salt, are to cleanse and preserve the world. Of course, we cannot stop the world by, you know, in decaying, but slowing down the advancement of moral and spiritual decay. In the book of Psalms, it says there, verse, chapter 14, verse 3, it says, all have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. But wait a minute. We represent Christ, right? We're a Christ follower. We're here, right? 
believers are to preserve truth and goodness in a fallen world. You are to disinfect the world and keep the germs of the world from causing things to go bad. We are to save the world from corruption. It says in 1 Peter 1, and 25, it says there, I'm just going to highlight this phrase. It says there, seeing ye have purified your soul in obeying the truth. And it says there, being born again and not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And it says there, for all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man is a flower of grass, and the grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel preach unto you. Meaning, we can only slow down the advancement of moral and spiritual decay by standing the truth, and that is the word of God. Now my question, brother and sister in Christ, when was the last time that you, you defended the truth? You defended the word of God. I was, I was amazed by one of our youth. I'm not going to mention name. But he said that he knows somebody that's struggling with a you know, gender problem. You know, Even though that person is older than him, and that, that our young people share that, that that is not the design of God. God created male and female, no other gender. You know what? Even though in his young age, you know, he defended the truth that the, that the word of God says there's only two gender, male and female. Right? As God's redeemed people, don't let the world to stop you in proclaiming the truth. In our daily action, conversation, and thinking, let us proclaim the truth, the word of God, and the message of salvation. Not only salts preserve, but also third, salts penetrate. It inserts a new quality, substance, and life, like it changes the taste of the food, right? Believers are likewise to penetrate the world and insert a new life into it, a new hope. We need to penetrate the world to change the way they look at life, they look at marriage, relationship, and even themselves. We need to to help the world to change the way they look at life and change it into the way the word of God look at it. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that's a very common passage, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Human as we are, we cannot change others or even ourselves. We don't have the power to change others or we don't have the power to penetrate others. We cannot change them. But you have to remember, Christ can change them, right? And that Christ is in you. Christ has the power to penetrate the lives of others. All you must is to share that Christ that is in you. Our responsibility as a believer is to share the Lord Jesus Christ and live up the results to God, right? When it comes to, to sharing the gospel to others, our responsibility is to share the gospel and let the Holy Spirit work and live up the results to God. Because we cannot convict the person. It is not our job. It is the Holy Spirit. It is God's the one working in the life of the person. And the same thing. As we preserve, as we penetrate the lives of others, we have to remember that we have the Lord Jesus Christ that has the power to change the lives of other people. Number four, 
salt flavors. It influences the taste of things. It takes the bland and tasteless food and make it relishing or pleasing. And the same thing with us believers are so to flavor and influence the world for Christ. We are to take the bland and the tasteless, insult them, and make them relishing within the world. Galatians 5.22 is a very common passage, the fruit of the Spirit, right? I'm not going to mention that, and I believe you heard that many times. As God's people, we must flavor the world with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. The world right now is full of hatred, sadness, anger, impatience, cruelty, wickedness, and faithfulness, right? We can only overcome those through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our lives, and it says their love, joy, peace. Not only salt flavors, but also salt is quiet. It is visible, but it works silently, making no noise whatsoever during its work, right? Believers, the soul of the earth, are to work quietly and discreetly. First Peter 3, 4, it says there, meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. You know what? As we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, as we serve God, we don't need to let everybody know about it. God is all-present, all-knowing. He saw in you our labor and desire to please him. You don't have to tell everybody. Not only salt is quiet, but also salt spreads, meaning its flavor spread all over. A sprinkle of salt has a widespread effect. As a believer, salt spread far and wide. May our influence as Christians, influence on others will be advanced, you know, will advance the message of salvation. The fact that you like it or not, one way or another, good or bad, we influence other people. You like it or not, right? But we have to remember that our influence is, is a great tool to use to advance the word of God or to advance the message of salvation, but you have to be careful. Because through your influence, you could lead somebody to Christ. But also to, through your influence, you could what? You could discourage somebody to come to Christ. So we need to be careful. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says there, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man. Are you always ready to sprinkle the message of salvation to others? As we spread, as it says here, salt spreads. And seven, last, salt is irrepressible, meaning cannot be controlled. Once applied, it cannot be stopped. That's why I told my wife, do not put too much salt, or else we're going to do it again. You know, a believer's salt testimony is irrepressible. It cannot be stopped. As followers of Christ, we need to be careful with our testimony. It can, it can be a tool to build up others in Christ or to tear down others in Christ. If we are not careful, it can also destroy others and hinder others to come to Christ. In Isaiah 55.10, it says there, I'm just going to pick this phrase, It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the things where I send it. Meaning, may our lives become a tool in 
accomplishing of his plan and purpose for his glory and honor. You know what? It is not by chance why God allow other people to be a part of our lives. I told the youth, you know what? It is, it is not by chance that you have those names on your phone. It, it is not by chance that those, you know, those kids became you know, your classmates. Meaning you were given an opportunity to share the Lord Jesus Christ to them. It is not by chance. Nothing happened in this earth by chance. Meaning if somebody you know that that person doesn't have the Lord Jesus Christ, you are accountable to their blood. You have to share the Lord Jesus Christ to them. And second, not only the characters of the disciples is like salt, but also the disciples' place of ministry is the earth. It says there, of the earth. The world is a place where believers are to move about in salt or live and minister because the world is blind and tasteless, decaying and rotting. The world is corrupting. You know what? The world is not getting better. It's getting bad. So there are two things to ponder as a believer. Number one, too many believers leave as though they are already in heaven, safe and secure from all harm. You know, it's, 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 let's say, I, when I, when I make this, I don't like it, but sometimes it's good to be reminded. A lot of us, we are, you know, we are feel secure inside a church, you know, we're comfortable and we don't care what's going on outside. A lot of believers do not pay enough attention to this earth. It needs, it's turning bad, it's decaying, it's corrupting. While on this earth, believers are called to salt and flavor the earth, not heaven. As a believer, let us keep in mind we're still here on earth because there's a job, there's a work that needs to be done, right? That's why after you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, God did not take you right there and there, right? Because there's a job, there's a work that needs to be done, and that is to reach out others. You have to remember the great commission and the great commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And go ye therefore. And second, not only too many believers live though they are already in heaven, but also the church is the salt factory and the world is the marketplace for the soul. And guess what? Too much salt is being stored in lock up at the church. Right? Just only few going out. There is not enough salt being sent out in the marketplace. And the result, the world is not being salted and flavored enough. And the book of Luke 10, verse 2, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth the laborer into his harvest. There is no problem when it comes to, you know, Somebody got to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is that nobody is sending out. Nobody is sharing the Lord Jesus Christ. And last, third, the disciples' mission is to salt the earth. It says there, the salt of the earth. That phrase, again, the believers are salt of the earth, not of heaven. We can do nothing to salt heaven. We cannot penetrate, flavored, or preserve heaven. We are the salt of the earth. And two things that we need to remember or necessary before a person can salt the earth. Number one, believers must have salt in themselves. The person must be safe. 
Only the Lord Jesus Christ can make us the salt of the earth. If you are here tonight and you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot salt the earth. Only the Lord Jesus Christ is the source. As it says there, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. That is a rhetorical question of the Lord Jesus Christ to them, to the disciples. No other source of salt but Christ himself alone. And if you lose your saltiness, go back to the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot salt the earth without the Lord Jesus Christ. And second, not only believers must have salt in themselves, but also believers must spread out into the world. But one thing must be known when a believer scatters into the world, and that is his salt is necessary and useful. There is no salt other than the believer's salt. Wherever you, wherever you are right now, your workplace, neighborhood, let's say people around you, that's where God wants you to salt, to spread that salt. I believe that it is not by chance, once again, God put you there. He put you there for a reason, and that is to manifest him through your life. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go ye therefore and teach all nations. It says they're all nations. And for the danger of becoming useless and destructive, I'm, I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. It says the last phrase there, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It says there, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt does not lose its saltiness and flavor. You have to remember that. However, in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, the salt of Palestine was gathered in such a manner that dirt and other impurities were often mixed with it. Because of that, the salt was thus useless and good for nothing. And actually, it destroys the fertility of the soil. Instead, they're going to throw it somewhere where there's the plant. They throw it on the area that nobody, nobody uses it because it destroys the fertility of the soil. And two things that we, that we need to, to look at in this, in this part of this verse. Number one, this is a picture of a backslider. A believer who loses his flavor in saltiness or testimony. Three things can be said about the backslider. Number one, he becomes useless just as salt does. Once you're going to allow this world or sin to, to contaminate your life, you become useless before God. You cannot, God cannot use you because of sin and contamination. Because instead of making God known to your life, you are discouraging other people to believe in God. I could remember when we, when we went, I joined a, a missionary trip just part of the Philippines, and we, we went to a remote area and we shared to other people, we talked, we, we conduct medical mission, and they said, there's, there's a person talked to us and, and said, you know what, I never seen God, but you make him so real to me. The same thing. Once we allow sin and the sinfulness of this world to contaminate our lives, we become useless, just as salt does. Not only that, he is of no value. It says there, 
he may as well be cast out and trodden under food. And I'll, I'll discuss that later, the word cast out and trodden under food. Your life became useless because we have only one job here, and that is what? Yes, to witness. To witness. After we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's the only reason why we leave, why we're still here, and that is to what? To witness, to glorify God. And third, he actually destroyed the fertility of some, some out in the world by becoming stumbling block and by not being able to salt them. You know what? As I've said, our testimony is very important. It's a great tool to lead somebody to Christ, but also it's a great tool to destroy others or to hinder others to come to Christ. Again, your testimony is a great tool. You have to remember that. And in Hebrews 10, 38, it says, There now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in them, it says. Second, if the believer's soul loses its flavor, the believers will experience the judgment of God. And the word, it says there, he will be cast out, meaning to drive out. Please note, Jesus is not speaking that you're going to lose your salvation here. Because the Bible says, once you are saved, you are saved forever. And it says there, he will be cast out or to drive out. It reminds me of Adam and Eve. And second, he will be cast away, meaning to throw away. And Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says there, uh, Apostle Paul mentioned the word cast away. It says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. You know what, the word cast out and thrown away or cast away reminds me of the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is God's chosen people. After God delivered them out of slavery, they rebelled against God. And because of that, God allowed them to roam around for, 70, for 40 years in the wilderness because of that uh, rebellion. And after that, after they, they, they come to God, they, they, they cried out to God, and God established this nation, and they rejected God again. You know, it's, it's re repeating the same thing. In the book of Isaiah, it says that everything is going well in this nation to the point that they said, oh, we don't need God. Everything is going well. We don't need you anymore. And because of that, God sent Isaiah to bring the message of judgment and God used their enemy, and they end up in exile for 70 years. But they're still God's people, right? And the same thing. God does not allow any of his own to be taken from him. Christians cannot lose their salvation just as salt cannot lose its inherent saltiness. But this people, the nation of Israel, miss the blessings of God. Just imagine they room around for 40 years. The promised land actually just a few miles away. But God allowed them to room around for 40 years. They miss God's blessing. They miss a lot. They waste their time. And second, 
exile. They were exiled for 70 years. Just imagine that, 70 years, just to learn their lesson. They're still God's people, but they miss the blessing of God. And the same thing. Yes, we're not going to lose our salvation, but we're going to miss God's blessing. And we're going to allow sin and the sinfulness of this world to contaminate us. We're going to miss God's blessing. And last, he will experience in loss. He will ex experience loss when he appears before the judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, Therefore, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it good or bad. Remember, God will give us a crown, and we will offer that crown to the Lord Jesus Christ. The crown of life, incorruptible crown, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the crown of rejoicing. In Revelation 4.10, it says there, verse 10 and 11, we will cast that crown before the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now my question is, what do you think, what kind of crown you're going to have in heaven? If you're going to examine yourselves, your, yourself, when it comes to your service, when it comes to your relationship with God, are you going to have those crown? Or are you going to stand before Christ and holding just one crown, let's say, how many crowns are you going to have in offering at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ? As I close, brother and sister in Christ, there is no one other than Christ who consult us again. No one else consult you except Christ. You either let Christ salt you or else you will never be salted. As I close, how is your relationship with the source? How is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? I can remember my, my pastor in my home church. Every time we see each other, the first question is, how are you in Jesus? You know. And the same thing, try to ask yourself, at the end of the day, how you and the Lord Jesus Christ. How is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Only Jesus Christ can help you to remove all the impurities and make you pure and bring back your saltiness. And second, how is your relationship with others? Keep in mind that one of the strongest tools that we have is our testimony. How is your testimony with your fellow believers? How is your testimony to the unbelievers? And last, how is your service to the Lord Jesus Christ? That you considered as your Savior and as your Lord. How much time do you spend with him? How much energy and effort do you give to glorify him? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight, and thank you, Lord, for the message from your word. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to, to help us, Lord, to be the person that you want us to be. And we believe it's only by your grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, shall we proceed with our... Praises and prayer requests. Oh, Jasper, don't forget you left oh. your stuff. Oh, you, you, you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. ah. Okay, blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fool. 
taste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, praising my Savior all the Oh, now the last one. Oh, okay. The one I actually planned for now. Okay. <laughs> and what was that? Oh, yeah. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust thee. 
I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Amen. Amen. So let's, uh, let's pray and go on our ways. <laughs> uh, dear Lord, we, uh, we thank you for this evening, Lord, and, uh, and, and Lord, we th- yeah, we, th- we thank you for the uh, celebration of life this afternoon, Lord, for art and um, just all the people that were here. Um, Lord, I just, I just know that some of them were not uh, church people. And uh, we just pray that you're, you somehow were able to reach them in some, some sm- small way that your spirit was touch- were touch- touching their hearts. And... Uh, Lord, we just pray now that you would just go with us as we go our separate ways and uh, protect us and uh, keep us in your will. In your name we pray. Amen.